Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. Uh, we're going to construct Savannah's life today. How are you doing, Savannah? Hi, I'm doing good. I'm super stoked to be here. Yeah, she just changed it on for you guys. She just turned it on right there. She was yelling at me beforehand. She's all nice now. Look, what do they? What, what's your handle on on social media? What's the big? The net worth nurse. That's the me. net worth nurse. You know, uh, I didn't tell you this, but my mom is a nurse. Uh, when my parents divorced, she went back to school and she was so motivated. It was like 20 year old doctors in her class. And she's like 45 and she was top of the class. And funny enough, maybe I was so mean to her as a kid. She decided to be the head nurse at a federal penitentiary for five years. (laughs) And, uh, they all used to love her. And she used to say, like, she used to tell him to the face, like, you're nothing compared to my son. She's like, you're weak. Like he, he trained me for this. So, uh, right now she's a hospice nurse and, and I have so much uh, respect for that profession because let's just say you don't always see the nice side of people sometimes because people are nervous. They're, they're, they're in a state of fear. They're in pain. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we actually don't know each other that well. I know you're, you've been on a lot of podcasts. I've listened to some, but I love to get to know my guests on this. So I'll let you start your story and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, of course. Um, So Savannah, I grew up in Northern California up in Sacramento. I went to Sacramento State and got my nursing degree, Uh, worked in a couple of different specialties and um, at a couple of different hospitals up in NorCal. And then I went back to school to get my master's degree. I was just naturally drawn into leadership type positions, charge nurse stuff. So I went back to school and got my uh, master's in leadership and administration. And then right now I work down at a hospital here in LA and I oversee multiple departments at a hospital here. And then I got into real estate investing last year. I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and my husband and I were just looking for ways to start investing, creating passive wealth, different income streams. And we stumbled upon real estate and started investing in single family homes. But then shortly after we were just wanting and starting to make a business out of it. And we kind of started leveraging our skill sets and our professions to build a a multifamily syndication business. So no big deal. So running multiple sections of a hospital, a mom, and just creating a syndication business. And we were talking the other day and we have a construction company where we're building out a manufacturing plant, all that stuff like that. And there's there's five guys. They each have different specialties. And, uh, one of the guys said the most important thing that we could do though, is hire a woman to be in charge of everything. (laughs) And I like second it, third it. Hell yeah. Because, because because there's, and it's not like just men on, on the surface are not as organized. And I, I think that the, the, the roles of leadership are harder for them to understand people's, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of hard to put my finger on it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's a different self set skill set. I'm used to juggling a lot of different things at once, wearing a lot of different hats. So I, I get that. 
Yeah, for sure. So what was the first, you know, you're not the first story I've heard about maternity leave real estate. That seems to be the avenue. It's like, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, man, because the thought of having to go to the job back mm-hmm. is kind of sparked some stuff, right? So how did, yes. did, was it a YouTube? Was it a podcast? What kind of started the Yeah, definitely YouTube. And it is, it's hard, you know, you're on maternity leave and you only get three months before you got to go back to work. That's really all the state and government give you. And you're expected to return back to work within three months. And that was something I was planning to do. It's what I did for my first daughter. And then it was just trying to look of ways of like not being a slave to work and going into work every day at the same time in the same place till you're 65. Like that just really started hitting me. And my husband and I were like this, we just got to create different ways to have time freedom and flexibility and not we, I love my job, but not being a slave to it. And there's a, that's the only option. So yeah, I started watching YouTube about real estate, bigger pockets hit me, started watching all those YouTube videos, Graham Stevens hopped on bigger pockets, started listening to podcasts. I would just binge them when I was out walking my daughter around the park, I'd listen to like three, four hours while I was cooking dinner, that kind of stuff. And then, um, reading the books and then starting to network and talk with people to see kind of what they were doing in real estate. I love that. And what was the first deal that you and your husband bought? A single family home. Well, we bought two single family ready to build townhomes over in Georgia. We were initially wanting to do the Burr method, the buy, renovate, uh, buy, renovate, rent, mm-hmm. refinance to pull all that capital back, back out and repeat. So it's kind of a way to, if you have a fixed amount of capital to keep it growing and just keep snowballing it in that respect. And so that seemed appealing to us because we did have a fixed amount of capital. And when we started looking at renovating a total rehab job across the country, we're in California, we were looking in Atlanta, Georgia, just because a lower point entry, it just was way out of our comfort zone. That wasn't something that we necessarily felt comfortable doing. So we switched gears and bought two uh, new build townhomes. So you said that it was way out of your comfort zone to do a flip, but yet people won't buy real estate 30 minutes from them. And your comfort level was it's okay. It's literally across the other end of the the country. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Some people are super uncomfortable with that. But I mean, at that point, it's just leaning on education and educating ourselves on what this project is, reading reviews from people doing it, talking to the people that are running it, the people that are building it what returns, how often they're hitting the returns. I mean, just really doing your research and educating yourself. It really mitigates a lot of that risk and fear. Were they, uh, are they long-term rentals? Is that what they are? They are. Yes. Uh, Georgia is in a heavily appreciating market. And so we're just kind of holding them long-term, but open to potentially selling them and 1031 that money into a different investment as well. And how's that for, how did that first deal go for you so far? It's it been good. Yeah, they had renters in it before they were even completely built out. We had apps that we were tracking the building process. They would submit pictures to. I do have a um, broker in that area who occasionally drives by him and sends us pictures. So we still haven't even been to Georgia because we did this while investing during COVID. So we haven't even been to see them, but we get updates and pictures and um, they're already raising rents for us. Our tenant's been in there over a year, just renewed her lease. So it's been an amazing easy investment to get into your need uh, people's need as an investor to get to the property means nothing 
like it literally means nothing. I literally like do Airbnbs when we had 27 and seven states. I only went in like four of them. Like it's not needed. Yeah. But people will say different people will say different things and other yeah. people will tell you that's absolutely ridiculous. You have to go and see your property. Care if it's a new build townhome, you need to go over there and see it in person. You could be getting scammed. So it really depends who you talk to with that. Yeah. No, I agree. And what was the next deal that you bought from the townhomes? So then we went into syndications and we did a 12 unit syndication up in Oregon that we syndicated out to family and friends. <laughs> so, so, so unit turnkey condos and then syndication once again, two states away. Uh, yes. And how did you find that deal, the 12 unit? Just creating relationships with brokers. So that was something that we knew was important just from listening to different podcasts and reading books. We knew, especially as newbies coming in with no experience, that it was kind of important to have these conversations very intentionally. And we were leveraging a coaching program. We had enrolled in a coaching mentorship program. So we did have that guidance behind us kind of helping us with the process, but regardless, it was our first deal. And when it came to talking to brokers, that was really kind of the the foundation of the conversation. I mean, that's how it initiated usually. And we found a broker up in Oregon who didn't ask us. And it was because he was a super young, hungry Marcus and Millichap broker in his mid twenties, like pushing us deals. Like he didn't really even ever ask about our experience. And because we were responding to him quickly, giving him our feedback, letting them know specifically what we were looking for. He took us very seriously. And we ended up doing within starting that conversation with him, we were putting out offers within a month or so. And then we got under contract within, I think three months of even meeting him. How much money did you have to raise for that first year? Uh, 350. A lot of people would be scared to look at a 12 unit and not have the money, but ultimately holding the deal, let's say it is a deal, is probably the most important aspect of the actual real estate. It is. And I'm still kind of working through that mentality of, oh, if you have a good deal, the money will come. But it is, it's kind of like the chicken before the egg thing. Like you need to know that you have a certain amount of money before you're going in these deals just to kind of make it a little bit easy. It goes a little bit smoother if you already have interested investors in mind, but that is something that we're even kind of navigating as we're moving forward and doing more deals, like really how big we go and whether we have the capital raised, knowing we do using partners who could bring in more capital. Mm -hmm. Was that, was that property a, a value add? Did you have to reposition any of the units? Yeah, very strong value add. So rents were, uh, 25% below market. Um, it, the building to this day has had zero delinquency since the beginning of COVID, which is amazing. It's just a very strong rental market up in Oregon, a very strong working class. Um, so we have been able to raise rents even throughout the pandemic and it's been a really good experience so far, but yeah, there was some value add. So my husband, he does the asset management. So he has very regular conversations with our property manager over there. That's managing the property. And did the property manager source the did you did you do any remodeling on the units? Yes, we are. And um, we were trying to love her for those relationships because she's very strong in that market. But um, there's so much work and not enough contractors that she couldn't necessarily give us some. And so that was kind of a big hurdle and learning lesson that we learned with that property of we had to outsource our own contractors. And it really was kind of a 
headache. Um, my husband really manages all assets of that. Now I went into the deal thinking I would want to do asset management, but it, those first few conversations with the contractors, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not going to be doing this part of the business moving forward. I cannot handle that piece. So, um, that is a difficult part of rehabbing and doing renovations on this project. Because ultimately nobody moves like you move mm-hmm. and trying to get them to understand the level of importance. Like, Hey, I'm a nurse. I'm a mom. I got time to play this cat and mouse game. Like do it or don't do it. Move on. Like I can see that's how you probably operate in that space. Right. (laughs) Definitely. And maybe being in a hospital setting where we're working on projects and initiatives that are a little bit more time sensitive and running them and being kind of the orchestrator of all these pieces and all of us in the hospital setting are on the same team working towards it. So we all have motivation to keep it going. The contractors are obviously on our team. They're wanting to get the building done, but they definitely move at their own pace for sure. And what's, what's interesting is we were interviewing somebody the other day and he said something to me and it was like, it stuck with me so hardcore. Like the problem that people have with expectations or or getting upset with other people is that they, they deem that their values or the same in other people. Mm -hmm. And oh, ultimately, like maybe that contractor or maybe that subcontractor doesn't want to scale to a thousand units, doesn't need to get financially free so you can take your daughter apart. And Mm -hmm. your need to get them to understand your values is not not gonna go good. uh, Yeah, it definitely, it definitely takes time. Like so even with our broker, like we're doing our third deal with them now. And Mm He, after we, it was such a good deal that he was thinking of buying it with his partner. And when we started going over what we do with our properties and syndicating them out, how we run our numbers, and we hopped on a call with them explaining it, they're like, oh, so this is how you guys are taking down these deals. And then it gave them a whole nother insight into how we're operating our business. And it gives them a better look as to kind of what deals to send us and what we're looking at. So it really just, those are conversations that you have throughout a relationship to keep it growing. And then both sides kind of develop and understand each other more. And it really just kind of takes time sometimes. Yeah. My favorite quote ever is, or one of my favorite quotes ever is George Bernard Shaw, who says the the problem, the, the problem with communication is the illusion that it's happened. Mm. And it's like, and it's like, I think, and like, so I try to say that to myself on a daily basis, like, are my employees, are the people I'm working with, do they, do they truly understand? Because my mind's going here, 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 fast, fast, fast. And sometimes I need to make sure that I've properly communicated because you have to sell your vision, right? If you're syndicating, you have to sell your vision as a leader at work. And we, and really life is a negotiation. Like, are you communicating properly? And have you, have you laid out what you truly want? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I've seen that even at my work where I'm constantly implementing new processes or different changes within healthcare because it changes so much. And there's some managers and leadership people that come in and just make changes and don't even educate the staff or tell the staff where they're coming from and why they're doing the changes. And that's something that I've pushed in my, all my leadership positions that I always explain why we're making a change, why we're, why we're doing this, what are we envisioning, what we hope to reap from this change. And, and that, very thorough communication, like you're saying, really explaining what your thought process is behind it makes people buy into your plan so much smoother. No, I couldn't agree more. I'm just curious. We're going to get off the real estate because I'm bored already about the (laughs) deal. And you're like, I'm busy. We got time. What makes you so driven, right? Like, how do you keep all the balls in the air? Like, is this, this is like who you were as a young person or... 
I feel like I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. Like I've always gravitated towards like Tony Robbins, Brandon Shard. Like I was always reading those type of things, the Think and Grow Rich. I read that book like right out of high school. Like I was always just gravitating towards more. And then I'd see people accomplishing things and think like, well, why can't I do that? I can definitely do that. And it mm-hmm. really honestly hearing over and over people saying it just takes grit and persistence and hard work and taking little steps every day. I mean, from celebrities to entrepreneurs, business owners, like everyone saying that. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. I can take little steps every day. And for me, it's getting really clear on my vision and focusing on a goal. So even like with nursing, I was very focused and driven with that. I told you before this conversation that I was, you know, my eyes set on a CNO position, just I've always wanted to grow within my career as a nurse and become um, more involved in the leadership scale of healthcare and making operational big decision changes. And that's always been so important to me that I've been very driven and specific about what jobs I take, even in the last Um, seven years that I've been a nurse, I've had five different jobs and they've all been very strategic of taking steps forward within leadership of, okay, I'm going to be a supervisor here at this job and it's going to give me this insight and this skill set. And then I'm going to move over here and be an assistant manager in this department and get this knowledge and these relationships. So I'm very intentional and focused on my goal of like what I need to do to get there. And I, I apply the same stuff to real estate. I mean, my husband and I got super specific on our goals, sat down, like where we wanted to be in five years, what we wanted our life to look like. And like when we would wake up five years from now, like what did our days look like and what we needed? So then that was our goal in five years. We were very specific on that. And then we backtracked like what we needed to be doing at three years to get there. What did we need to do in one year? What are we doing on a monthly basis to get to that goal? And it's so attainable. I mean, really for anyone that's achieving bigger and better things, it just takes kind of steps, actionable steps to get there and getting specific and clear on that is huge. How's everybody doing guys? I want to talk today about our sponsor for May. You know, a good friend of mine, Mark Simpson runs a company, uh, boostly.co.uk guys. Everybody knows that I'm in the short-term rental space for many years. And I think one of the reasons One of the quotes he said to me was, you can't build your real estate on somebody else's property. And it really resonated with me because we are so reliant on an Airbnb, a home away, these systems, right? And headed into this year, it's very important that we get direct bookings and they're the best in the business at this. So in 2021, everybody needs to be building a website to create direct bookings And you can't rely on Airbnb, plus you're giving them a ton of money. And so 64% of all the websites are powered by WordPress. And these uh, private message companies that offer you the free website, they're not on WordPress. And so it's this trick that they're doing. And, you know, these guys are the best in the business, the best in the world. And I'm not just saying that... uh, because I use them. I'm saying that because they are, it's the simple fact is that they, they service over 600 clients worldwide and you need to get this done and you can get it started for as little as 99 bucks a month. And you could do that with one property, a hundred properties, but you need to be capturing emails. You need to be sending uh, direct marketing back to these guests. And the way to do that is to create a website. And these guys are the best in the business When you get direct bookings, you're saving money every year and the profit margins can be exponential. And so if you want to learn more about them, head on over to boostly.co.uk slash construct your life. Not only is Mark a great entrepreneur and CEO, but he's a great person as well. 
You just hit on something that nobody talks about. And it's something that I realized about a year ago when I was at a meeting with an Airbnb client, an investor. Spent 20 years in the restaurant business, selling wine, traveling to France, knowing every whiskey, all that kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, like, wow, I really wasted like all those years. Like I tried to get out of the restaurant business for like six years and I finally made the leap and, and so on. And I realized like at the penthouse in their ridiculous condo of they make millions and millions of dollars. I was talking to them about, you know, what wine pairs well with this. And then like I was realizing that I've had north of probably like five bajillion million conversations being a top bartender and wine guy. And in that moment, I realized like everything was leading up to this conversation. And so many people live their life in absolutes. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the only job I'm supposed to be had instead of doing exactly what you did and go, okay, what can I do for this year, this two years to, to create the skills needed to get to this point and so on and so on. And this is the same with investing in life in general. And too many times, you know, we think that once we get out of school, our, our learning is done. And it's so far from the truth because nobody wants, nobody anymore in this life wants to look at anything on a five-year plan or 10-year plan. They want to look at like, I'm working on business deals right now, or like ownership and in, in companies that you're not going to see a dollar for like six years. But when you do, it's going to be like, fuck, that guy's, in, that's amazing. But they didn't yeah. know that like for 20 years, I've been putting in the work. And I think it's so refreshing to hear. And what's interesting about that, and I'd love for you to talk on it is, when you are extremely intentional about your goals, it just randomly, those things happen. A hundred percent. So much. I mean, the law of attraction, the secret, those were big books that I was reading too. And just like, if you have an, a vision for your life and just stay focused on that, these opportunities present themselves that really just get you to that end goal. And I think to kind of touching back on what you were saying about like moving forward and being intentional, I think the issue is people get stuck in these comfort zones and don't want to leave it. And that would be, that would have been so easy for me to be back at my first nursing job, hanging out. I know everything. I know all the people. I know what to expect day in and day out. I go into work. Like it was hard to leave that job, but I knew Hey, I need to jump out of my comfort zone. I need to move into a new position where I'm going to be the new kid on the block, making new relationships. I got to learn all these doctors and their styles and preferences all over. Like doing that is so scary. And it would have been easy to stay in my comfort zone of staying in that first nursing job I had ever had. But I knew that I had to keep growing and I had to push myself to get out of it. And I mean, even intentionality just in my, my career, like that's been huge for me. But I have, I'm very intentional in my personal life too. I mean, I knew like getting out of college, I was like, I want to have kids by the time I'm 30. And I think it's kind of like, maybe people think that that's like too intentional in your personal life, like falling in love and finding someone. But if you're, if you know what you want, even in a relationship, I started dating my husband and was like very clear on like, this is where I want to be. I want to have kids by this age. Like that'd probably scare a lot of men away and it maybe kind of did. But with him, he was like, okay, I'm on board. And then we were able to have kids by the time we're 30. And I see people even struggling in relationships now where it's like, they're not on the same track and they're just not pursuing the same things that each other wants. And there's a lot of tension, but I think when you are intentional and then clear with your communication, like we talked about earlier in all respects of your life and every different kind of category, it really just makes for the most for you. I'm going to give people advice, whether this is an assistant or whether this is your, your significant other or your spouse, 
how is the universe supposed to reward you with the person that you need in your life if you haven't defined what that person looks like? Yes. If you want it, if you want an assistant, let's just use an assistant. You have to write out exactly like I'm reading. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't do click funnels, but I love Russell Brunson's book. They're fucking amazing. I, I think they talk about business and life. And he said, like they created their dream customer and they literally like gave him a name, gave him an age, gave him what he was driving. Yeah. Like, like he knows where he eats, like everything, mm-hmm. like, and that's the thing. Like, I want this person to be organized. I want this person to live remotely. I want this person to work this many hours. And then once you create the avatar, they'll come to you. But, yes. but something, as you talk, something that I think that's very, very apparent in you as a person, there's a lot of people out in this universe that are very, their standards are very high for everybody else around them yet their standards for their personal life or their personal self is extremely low. I feel like the reason that you attract the people that you do in your life and the opportunities is because your internal standards of who you need to show up at in every aspect, whether that be work or a mom or a wife or a business person is extremely high. And that's why people, in my opinion, act accordingly around you because you're not going to you're not going to have a casual off BS conversation with somebody that's negative. It's just not going to happen. No. So you don't even, so you don't even attract that. Yeah, exactly. And I think it kind of comes down to knowing what you want. I think there's so many people now just going about their lives and their day and they literally don't know what they want. And so if you don't know, you're going to attract all these things that just really don't fit with your life or who you are as a person. And I think if you, I mean, I was a self-help help junkie when I got out of college and like, just didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I just was going through some like terrible stuff. And I got, I was just reading self-help books like crazy. And for me, it just really gave me this internal light of like, this is what I want to be doing. This is the kind of person I want to be. These are the kind of people I want to surround myself with. And like you said, I mean, I don't even really tolerate negative relationships in my life anymore because it's just not who I am. And so I don't even attract that because I'm very specific about what I want and what kind of life I want to live. Yeah, hundred percent. And so any moms that are out there or anybody that's on maternity leave that's listening to this right now, uh, you know, how do you stay present in everything that you have going on for your family? Like, what are the tips that you've learned over the years, like ways that you've figured out or have you hacked yourself basically? Yeah. Um, because it can be very easy to fall into the work trap thinking like I got to work, 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 work to get this financial freedom in five years. And then I'm missing out on all like the love and events of my daughters right now while they're young. I mean, it can be very easy to fall into that trap. So definitely like when I get home from work, I set aside that time to be present with my daughters, like do dinner time, bath time, bedtime every night. My husband and I as a family, that's so important for us. And then even on the weekend, we usually hit the beach every weekend or we'll go to park. So we are very intentional about even the time we spend with our daughters and we don't let work overflow into that because it's very, um, I mean, obviously it's meshed together because my husband and I own the real estate business together, but we do try and keep that sacred time that we have as our family as sacred time with our family. So I've seen you on a lot of podcasts. I've seen you everywhere. Uh, what's one thing that I'm trying to go way out of the box here. What's one thing that people either heard your story, they've seen you around that they don't know about you? Um, 
What's like a guilty pleasure or something that you probably haven't shared? (laughs) Maybe not a not guilty pleasure, but I recently stopped drinking alcohol like a year ago. And that's been such a game changer for me. Like just living my best life, like feeling super healthy and having all the energy. And I mean, that just really kind of flipped a switch in my life and what I've been able to accomplish, like with my career. What was the, what was the, was there a reason behind it or you just felt Um, more like health reasons? I turned 30. I created this business. I had two daughters now. So it was just something that getting really specific on my health and like, you know, I eat primarily plant-based. I exercise, I do daily juices, like doing that stuff. Like I feel so physically good all the time that it gives me the energy to do all this crazy stuff. Like literally the number one thing people ask me, they're like, how are you finding the time and the energy to do all this? And I'm like, I just feel so good all the time that I just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how much, you, how much you know about my story, but, uh, I was an alcoholic for 20 years. Uh, I've been sober two years and three and a half months. Amazing. I've lost, I've lost 70 pounds. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. You know, it's, I help people in recovery from heroin addictions. I was, I was homeless and I was a drug addict in my twenties too, uh, methamphetamines. And, uh, it's interesting, right? We, we have a charity group that we run through one life fully live with my mentor, where we help people, uh, entrepreneurship, real estate stuff. And it's, uh, it's, it's free or, and, and there's no greater feeling to, it's funny. People ask me, they're like, are you going to drink again? And I'm like, no, never. And they're like, right. you can do, you can just say it like that. And I'm like, yeah, I could have said it like that 90 days in because long story short, I stopped for 20, I stopped, I want to go for 30 days and stopped for 26. Then I had a drink that I was pissed off and then I had a drink and then I waited 30 days and then I tried again. Well, I got, my goal was to get to 60. Well, I got to 60 days and I was like, well, let me go to 90. And then when I got to 90, I'm like, let me sign up for a half Ironman. So I signed up for a half Ironman and I kept giving myself excuses like, Hey, you can't drink. You got to get to the next race. Right. And then I got to like month six and I was like, fuck, I feel so fucking great. Like it's unbelievable. And like, there's no, like, I no, Like, so I just chased that feeling of like greatness. And like, I think to myself, like, why would I ever, and look, if you want to drink, dude, I still pour drinks for my, like when I'm at parties, like I'm still bartending. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I don't give a shit about it. But for me, it doesn't work anymore. And I just look at me now, right? And I look at me back then and I'm like, okay, two totally different human beings. And it's only been two years, right? And so it just, I agree with you 100%. It's it's changed my entire life. That's so amazing. I love your story. I had no idea about that, but I just was meant to hear that piece. I've never shared that on a podcast. Uh, and I just felt I'm glad I asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I got divorced last year. I got laid off from my private equity job. And I, I think about, I think about if I was still drinking, good Lord, <laughs> it would have been a, it would have been a two year down. It would have been a two year downward spiral, but there's just a different, there's just a different switch now where it does that stuff is like, okay, it happened, you just- know? everything. Like it really, you don't realize until you quit how much it outpours onto every aspect of your life. Like the anxiety, you know, especially after having kids, anytime I leave them and I would drink alcohol, I'd get this like immense anxiety of just needing to be near them. And it just created like a miserable environment and a feeling within me. And then even like 
the time commitments of what it takes to go have boozy brunches with your friends and Friday nights or going to concerts and then being hung over the next morning, just like the time commitment that goes into drinking alcohol and kind of having that lifestyle. It just really doesn't mix when you're trying to do, I didn't for me, like super productive stuff, being very like with my daughters in the moment, like handling hundreds of thousands of dollars of other people's money. Like that's just not something I wanted to mix with that lifestyle at all. And it ended up being such a blessing because like you said, you feel so amazing all the time. Like it's just a no brainer for me. Now. You, you, uh, you live what I preach and what I preach is everybody builds a business and then builds a lifestyle around it instead of building a lifestyle and building the business around. It. And, you know, we were in Costa Rica two weeks ago and I'm looking at real estate for a hotel. Like, and everybody's like, fucking relax. And I'm like, I am relaxed. This is fucking <laughs> awesome. And like, and then like, you know, we're going to Miami this weekend for a wedding. Like, I'll look at real estate. Like, I, it's just, it. not that I'm going to go by, but it's just like, I, it's just part of like Saturdays, you know, jump on a call, talk to an investor sometimes. I, you know, I, I'm trying to get real intentional about my boundaries because I, I, you know, I'll put I'll put in the work. But what something that's changed my life is I front load my week. So Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays for me are insane. Like we're talking six a.m. to like six, but Thursdays and Fridays, eh, if yeah. I want to. And I love it that way because it allows the freedom like to, to go travel or, or we're writing a book right now. Well, it allows us to focus on writing the book on Thursdays and it, it clears that space. And, and that's why I try to tell everybody, like, you can do it all if you, if you block out your calendar and you, and, and I, and I would imagine that if I looked at your schedule, I could identify the, the areas that you're wasting time. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, it really just goes to the title of this podcast construct your life. I mean, that's really what you're doing. Just so intentional about your time, being aware of like what meetings you're building into your schedule, what, what appointments that you have. It's so, it really just overflows onto every area of your life. No, for sure. And and when's the last, or have you, or have you not, when's the last time you and your husband went to a real estate thing? Um, Like a, like a, like a meetup or a, a conference? Yeah, I went to a conference um, the end of February in Houston, the multifamily investor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And because of COVID, that was my first one and I loved it. It was so well, here's the deal. I love everything that you're about. You preach what I what I preach. So in September at my financial advisor's cabin in Truckee, California, up in Tahoe. I'm putting on the third of this year. The first the next one's in Nashville in May. We're putting on an event the Construct Your Life Mastermind with a bunch of high-level investors, multifamily, everything. I would love for you to come speak at the event. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe you just threw that in the middle of a podcast. That's why I did it. So you would have to say yes. Don't say yes now. I just want to put it in your mind. It's on September. It's in September. So we'll talk about it later. We don't have like hard details, but like that's what people don't understand. It's why we created the event, like even through COVID and like, you know, Hey, look, protect yourself, all that stuff like that. I'm all about that, but I'm just trying to add value to people. And what I've tried to explain to people is who cares who the speakers are at the event, the people you're standing next to are the people that you show up for. You never know what partnership, you never know who's going to, you're going to be able to raise money for you. You never know who's going to teach you something new. And when you walk into a situation open and honest with something, you never know what this conversation can do. You never know if you click on that YouTube channel, 
Like mm-hmm. every time that I didn't want to post something and I posted it, I get that message. Oh, mm-hmm. you, you changed my day. And so I yeah. try to live in that moment. And, and it's what I try to t- preach to everybody is that you just do it, like post it, do that conversation, ask that question. I promise you, you'll get more out of it than you'd imagine. Yes. Yep. I have seen that too. As well. I love it. So if people want to find out more about your journey and, and how, how would they do that? Uh, the net worth nurse. So you can find me under the net worth nurse on all social media handles. So that's Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm pretty heavy on there. I just love showing people kind of inside look of what I'm doing with real estate. I sometimes post obnoxiously cute pictures of my kids, a little bit of everything. And my website's the net worth nurse. I love connecting with other people, real estate professionals, anyone interested in anything I'm saying, please reach out to me. I would love to connect. Please do it, guys. You won't be disappointed. Guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends, rate us and review us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.